One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You may have seen this week, conservative groups in the UK and US have been continuing to protest drag events in which children are read books by people in high heels, and their action has been to great effect, with the first drag ban being passed in Tennessee. It seems those who have been campaigning to eradicate trans folk are now also after drag queens, visibly queer people. And if they're after us, how long is it until they're after you? This time on ATT, dancing and farting, queer utopias, biscuits and tea towels. Hello, Gorge. I hope you're doing well. Uh, welcome back to another dose of something that's good for you. I am still Scotty. You are still here. And together with the ATT gang, steady yourself for, if I don't mind saying myself, the loveliest, actually, and the strangest. And I, I don't mind saying that either. <laughs> Late night chat show in which you, the listener, set the agenda. Now, lots of lovely feedback from last week's show, including from within the ATT team. I mean, I tell you what, that Kiwi chat really put the cat amongst the pigeons because, well, producer Deb decided to try it out for herself much to the annoyance of everybody else but she said you know you've got to try everything once which producer Tim rightly pointed out if we tried everything that our listeners had suggested to us we'd actually be dead (laughs) which I thought was a fair point well made Uh, but then Debbie replied in the group chat with actually no I disagree we'd have a delightful diet of regurgitated crisp sandwiches for starters followed by pasta and gravy and all washed down with a nice glass of Chateau de Sarsons vinegar I mean, she's got a point as well. Um, Listen, that crisp call, 
it's haunting me. At the moment, I think, oh, don't. Every time I think about it, I gag. Um, so let's hope that we do touch on that and don't touch on that over the next few weeks. Um, Henry's been in touch on the DMs to say, ATT is astoundingly brilliant. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that a gorgeous thing? And just a shout out to that person that messaged me to say, ATT is massively improving an utter shite week. Listen, we feel you. That's why we're here. At After the Tone POD, if you want to have a bit of a gossip, we do love reading your messages. We're aware that some people don't want to phone in, but maybe you just got something like short and sweet to say like that. Um, So take your socks off, get comfy, and let's dive into the unknown together, okay? Hello, Scotty and producer Deb. It's Marilyn, Fat Britney, and this is a really funny one. In fact, this is one that you told me to send in on Instagram when I told you. So I work, well, I have two jobs. One's really boring, but the other's really fab. I work as a dancer for a chain of themed bars let's say as a go-go dancer they give you a buffet before you go on stage which you know should be standard working practice and as is quite well known by by fatties out there carbs and exercise equals farts now i was dancing on the table very energetically and a woman leant over to speak with uh one of her friends and her nose was right by my ass, and uh, I farted really horrifying, disgusting carb farts right in her face and then had to keep dancing like nothing happened while this woman just recoiled in horror, terror, and confusion. And the thing is, I kept farting throughout that set, you know? I was moving around energetically. I was filled with garlic bread and sausage. It was coming out of me like a really upsetting orchestra, and... It was kind of amazing just seeing people just look around in horror, friends suspecting friends, family members doubting family members. And yeah, so um, that was that was my little thing, accidentally committing biological warfare on the good people of Liverpool. <laughs> Fat Marilyn. <laughs> I just portmanteaued your name, Fat Marilyn. Fat Brittany Marilyn, lovely to have you back in the room. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm so childish. I love a little fart call because I tell you what, we're supposed to be so holy. We're supposed to be, oh, no one farts, you know, or you go to the toilet. Sometimes it just comes out, doesn't it? Um, You were full of sausage. Lucky you. (laughs) Don't be gloating. (laughs) It sounds like you were in an establishment, predominantly, predominantly big word, for the heterosexual. And in some circles, we might consider that as queer folk as being their penance. (laughs) It is not our fault that straight people are straight. Do you know what I mean? And so maybe, maybe what you were doing, maybe it was the queer, (laughs) queer reaction in the body. Maybe it was an allergic reaction. Fat Brittany, have you ever thought about that? Yeah. So we actually, we sat here laughing and actually it could be your aversion to heterosexuality. It's a school of thought that I'm willing to ask for a PhD on. Could you imagine? I wonder if anyone's done a PhD on fighting police. I no, I don't. Debbie, Debbie's saying, I look it up on the internet. Debbie, do it. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, fine. I'm going to look it up on the internet. PhD in farting. Has someone been given that? Because if they have... Yes! <laughs> Fitting flatulence facts into a PhD, as somebody's done. Science behind a fart. <laughs> My God, I love these people. Well fucking done to these people. Oh, there's another one there about molecules. <laughs> 
So do you know what? What actually started off as quite a lowbrow chat, actually educated people have done things on this. Hello, Scotty, producer Deb, Tim, Cat, and Maya. This is Jay from Canada calling. I'm eating dinner with my partner and we are having biscuits. And here in Canada, <laughs> biscuits are not cookies, but they are it's kind of like a dinner roll, but they're like flakier and butterier. And usually you eat them with like soup or chili or something like that. Southern people, like Southern United States people listening would know biscuits and gravy. So I just wanted to know, like, what do you call those types of biscuits in the UK? Because I know that you call cookies biscuits. Oh, my partner just put cookies down beside me as well. So that's exciting. Okay, I hope this isn't too weird, but just really curious because I couldn't find it online in the one search that I did and I didn't feel like searching anymore. Thanks. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Jay or Jake, I didn't quite catch it because you were talking quite fast, weren't you? Some might say you were nervous to talk to me, which I'll only take as a personal dig at my personality. So, you know, after this, I'll just go and have a little bit of a cry. Now, you described a biscuit as something... You sort of assumed that I was uncultured, actually. I know! what a biscuit is and how dare you how dare you up in canada claim the food of the south of the usa as your own you have your chips and gravy i mean poutine okay you've got poutine celine dion cirque du soleil what more do you want in fucking life but to answer your question, um, well, we don't actually have a version of it, but stick with me. I will give you the sort of roundabouts of what I think might be a UK version. I mean, you and me are both astounded that we don't have gravy and biscuits over here because gravy and biscuits to people over here would mean a very different thing. They'd be thinking of a rich tea and a glass of Bisto, which is, by the by, it's disgusting, vulgar. Now, and I'm, I'm okay to say that because it's personal opinion. <laughs> Now, there are going to be phone calls about this, Jake, because you've, you, Jake slash Jake, okay, you've put the cat amongst the pigeons here because I don't mind gravy and biscuits. I know they're all going to be fucking fuming, but because gravy and biscuits, it's like, it's not really gravy, is it? It's like, I don't know, you could like build houses with it. And it's got like onion through it and you get a bit of sausage through it. And the biscuit is basically 90% butter and then like a bit of flour has just gone poof. It's absolutely delicious. You know, only on that side of the world would you get such a delicious product. Here, I think the nearest thing is probably like a suet dumpling, which is soft and spongy and made from the fat of a dead cow. (laughs) Sounds less appealing, doesn't it? And that's because it is. And people will put that on the top of like a casserole. So wet. Not for me. And um, essentially like make it some sort of lid. You know, I'm having a sort of outer body experience right now because my friend Grant, who lives in the New York City, hello Grant, if you're listening, often will text me or call me to be like, hey Scotty, I've just heard that British people eat coke and beans. (laughs) I'm always like, no, that's not a thing. And then I sort of break down British culinary foods and I'm like, I mean, it's just absurd. So they don't really have them, but we have a chain here called Greg's and I don't know why I'm bringing that up. (laughs) This is, they don't do biscuits. They don't do anything like a biscuit. But if you want that sort of beige variety of food, then you need to go there. I'm also quite perturbed that you're having sausage and gravy oh i wonder if like a cheese maybe a scone scone 
wherever you listen to this, is sort of similar. No, it's not. I mean, who would have a scone with like a bit of sausage and gravy? No one. Oh, actually. Um, so I don't think there is a comparable, but the phone lines are open. Should you want to disagree with me, UK folk? And also, you know, let's make this a cultural exchange. If there's other foods that you want to know if they've got on that side of the world, by all means, I will be your conduit. I will be your Celine Dion. But I'm slightly perturbed by the fact that you are having biscuits for your tea and then biscuits for your dessert. But what a great partner just to sit there and keep on. I want a partner that just like slides food in. <laughs> Mine's out of the guts, please. To just slides food into shot whilst you're just calling an international podcast. It's quite nice, isn't it? Anyway, it's lovely to have you from Canada. Please do enlighten us with more questions that you have. Many years ago, when I was over in New York watching uh, Bob the Drag Queen actually do a little kind of like a drag show, I think it was a year before he went on Drag Race, and he was getting people up from the audience and turning them into drag performers for them to do a little competition, and he gave one of the audience members their drag name, which has stayed with me ever since, and the drag name he gave her was Shilly Tataco, and I don't know why that has always completely tickled me but i absolutely love shilly to taco <laughs> and wouldn't you just i'll tell you what 10 points hello i think from the train deer it's the faggy farmer lovely to have you i see from the internet that you are rearing the little lambs mm, so sweet but yet so delicious <laughs> I wonder if you have a problem with distancing those things. I mean, that's by the by. It's not what you've called up about. Shalita Taco. I mean, she would. Oh, do you know what? Taco Tuesday. I love Mexican food. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't know if there is a superior cuisine in the world that sits above Mexicana. Because, I mean, any culture that sees cheese as a condiment... <laughs> Yes, please, actually. And um, it just comes in lots of different varieties. You can have burnt cheese, you can have crumbled cheese, you can have grated cheese. So I would eat more than one taco. But I tell you what, there is a taco place around these parts that I'm living in. Ten quid for two tacos. Daylight fucking robbery is what that fucking is. I'll tell you what, I'd be very lucky when travelling the United States of America that I have experienced some of the best, beautiful, delicious actually, Mexican food. Now, when I was over there last, I had a thing which was like a chorizo. Oh, vegans, calm down a minute, all right? Some of us eat dead animals. <laughs> when I was over there last, I had this chorizo. Oh, yeah, she's cultured. She don't mind saying it. Chorizo. Rappy thing. Oh, my God, I've turned into my mum. I've started calling burritos wraps. <laughs> a chorizo burrito. And I was expecting, you know, like I've rear big chunky bits of fucking chorizo. Well, no, they mince it. It's very good. Anyway, by the by, I'm glad you got to see Bob the Drag Queen. Bit of a name drop there, actually, Faggy Farmer. Bit of, um, oh yeah, I was in New York and I saw Bob the Drag Queen before they got famous. Do you know what I mean? Disgusting behaviour. I'm sort of jealous. That's, that, that's all that is. It's just jealousy. Oh, yeah, speeding through them this week. Still to come, calls from India and Montreal. And a shout out to all the dads out there who are struggling. 
But first, did you know our Patreon supporters get to know the gossip before you did? I bet you didn't. I bet you didn't unless you're a Patreon and then probably you did know that. Because be it advance notice on live shows so they can nab the best seats in the house or five minute edits of exclusive footage from last week's episode starring Joe Lysett or maybe it's the weekly Patreon only calls or that bit of gossip that I love to give them or, you know, just sometimes we have a little poll over there about our favourite potatoes. There's lots of ATT goodness over on the Patreon. And this week, I am going to be talking to the 2am gym goer with news so good, it made them dance with excitement. So dear, for as little as a price of a coffee a month, you too can have access to all that and more. And whatever you donate, everybody gets the same access. So what are you waiting for, please? Patreon.com forward slash after the tone. I'm very keen to get your thoughts on all this drag story time, pushback, malarkey, protest business. Also, with spring approaching, I was wondering with it, is the mood lifting? I've also been thinking a lot about amateurism, okay? Because in a world in which we're told that we need to be professionals, do you have a hobby? Oh, I'm brewing a burp. Oh, I shouldn't have had that mug of tea. Do you have a hobby? Um, are you a king gardener or a pigeon fancier? Or do you collect toy trains? Perhaps you've got a story that you just want to get off your chest. Something that you just want to share with the room or a question you want to ask. Maybe you just fancy your chat. You know what to do. Pick up the blower using the WhatsApp and send me a little voice note, please, to this number. 0788 200 you can find out all of the info and more on our social channels at after the tone pod and remember whilst you're at it please do hit that subscribe button uh, to make sure that you get the goods when they land right who's next hi scotty i'm calling you from a sleeper coach in gujarat in india um soon to be reunited with my beautiful friend that I've been travelling with and another good friend of ours who's joining us for a bit so I tried to like create some sound art (laughs) for you capturing noises soundscapes but I think your team probably were like fuck editing this Um, because every time I have called in, like, they've done a great job of making me sound coherent and concise, and, yeah, they've probably had enough of editing my shit. But, yeah, if you've got a complaints department, let me know. You were talking about, yeah, creating, like, queer utopias or stepping outside of the system, something very much that I am trying to do at the moment and figure out future in this planet personally and also collectively how are we going to do that and I've been lucky enough to meet some people that are doing that or thinking in those ways she's really inspiring but I also can't help but think about the masses and the people who aren't in situations where they can leave society for whatever reason there's so many reasons and also it's been about a year that i've been listening to your podcast and i remember like when i started listening we minge called in saying they like fuck capitalism i just want to be sexy in a field and eat snacks and (laughs) 
I just like got that so much. It made me feel less guilty for wanting that too. And I think that's what we like actually evolved as as humans. Like we used to just wander around in the nude, being sexy and like munching on berries. So kind of want to go back to that. Yeah, I hope I made the cut this time. God. All right, I love you. Bye. <laughs> Hello, it's our friend on the train in India. And it's lovely that you've rejoined us. And it sounds like you're having a great time out there finding yourself and finding questions about the world and meeting up with old friends that maybe you think some of them have joined you on the podcast. What's really interesting is you talk about creating soundscapes, but you just created such a beautiful one. I felt like I was on the train with you, just hearing those noises in the background and also hearing your voice <laughs> respond to the juttering of the train. Beautiful, gorgeous. I hope you're having a lovely time. I've been thinking about these things myself and no wonder why we're thinking about them, right? Because we are seeing and feeling the world lean further and further into a right, into a landscape that I think many of us thought was possible, but not many of us thought would actually happen. And I don't know, in which we're seeing politicians, people of power, people with status and capital and followings that go beyond 10 people on Twitter. We're talking hundreds and thousands of people who have been emboldened by a very anti-queer, anti-trans rhetoric. And so no wonder why those thinking about the world and those who feel about the world are um, thinking of like what our existence looks like. There's something in climate politics, which is often what people experience in climate politics. They experience the grief. And the grief is when they become awakened to the actuality of what's happening in the planet. And I wonder if we, as queer folk, as folk aligned to queer folk, as trans folk, as people in solidarity with trans folk, or as people who claim to be allies, you know, it's a very easy thing to put in your bio, but what action are you doing to justify that? Maybe we are re-experiencing the grief again, where we're re-engaging with the actuality because we knew the actual existed, but it wasn't physical. And now it's becoming a physical, real-life thing where bills are being passed and people are getting into power. And so at my age of 38 this year, I know I don't look it, thanks very much. I have started feeling about whether or not this is solvable in my lifetime. So that radicalism of youth, I think, has left me with age. That I am now starting to think what is possible for me. And so in a couple of weeks, I'm going into an archive up the road, the Working Class Movement Library in Salford. It's brilliant. Big shout out to them. And I'm going to look for stuff, paraphernalia, books, bits and bobs that they've got, ephemera, I think people who are um, cultured call it, around separatism and cooperative living and escapism. There's a book, oh look, I'm being very cultured this week, there's a book called Say Goodbye to London, I think it's called, and it's about the sort of squat culture that happened, particularly in London, by marginalised groups. And I wonder if we're re-experiencing that instead of trying to, like, change late capitalism and the aggressive systems that are against us. I wonder if all the best we can do is create our own ecosystems within that. 
So that's where I'm at. I would love this to be a chat that we roll out further for the rest of the season because I'm a bit confused about what to do. (laughs) And if only for that reason, we should all fucking join in. Listen, as ever, we can't promise that you'll get on the show because there are lots of people that call in. There are lots of different priorities. Sometimes the message doesn't even work. You know, there's lots of those things. So thank you for still persisting. But do pick up the blower if any of what this person has said or what I've said has uh, rung true to you or felt sharp to you or you equally have questions. Come on, join the gang. We'd love to have you. It's time for your favourite and mine. It's time for the The DM DM slide. I'm getting divorced and I've started buying nice things for myself on the joint account. (laughs) Records, shoes, face creams, M&S meals for two, but all for me. Mm, Sort of feel very, I don't know how I feel about that one. I feel like, oh, mm. Good on you, babe. If you've got something you probably shouldn't or you don't want to put your voice to, you know what to do. Our DMs are open at After the Tone POD. Hi, Scotty. It's Kate here, aka Mate Kate, aka Rudy's mum. I was just calling in response to JoJo's message from a couple of weeks ago about her dad and how he's retiring and how it's been, you know, a big change for their family. Um, Full disclosure, I know Jojo, I know her dad, we're old friends. It touched a few things in me. My dad's been really unwell the last few months. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's back in about October last year, which triggered a big mental health crisis. Unfortunately, he's he's been in hospital for about two months. He was sectioned back in December and has been in hospital since then. He's just had his first home leave from hospital, which was an overnight stay with my mum back at home, which went really, really well. He's been messaging us again. I basically haven't seen or spoken to him much since December. I went to visit him in hospital then, but we've not had much contact. He He's kept saying to my mum that he didn't want to, he didn't want us to see him like that which has been really upsetting because it's meant we haven't seen him at all. But he had his first sort of 24-hour visit at home with mum. We're hoping that this will lead to discharge relatively soon, which will be a big step forwards and also opens up a lot of other questions of like, how will it be when he's back at home? Will my mum cope? She's, you know, she's older as well. She's been having her own anxiety issues. She's also due to have a knee replacement soon. So that's fucking fantastic timing. Anyway, Jojo, Joe, I love you loads. And thanks for making me think about my dad and your dad. And, uh, you know, I think they often get a bit overlooked. Adults often have close relationships with their mums, in my um, experience anyway. And I think you kind of just always expect your dad to be fine. And then when he's not it can be really heartbreaking. So just sending a bit of solidarity to everyone out there with dads who are struggling and how hard that can be to witness. Yeah. It's some good vibes though. We had a really lovely picture of my dad today smiling really big and that warmed my heart massively. It's been a tough, tough few months. Last week I had to sit in on a ward round via Zoom while sat in the middle of my open plan office because my mum couldn't cope with logging on to a Zoom call. Fair enough, she's 73. She's not the most techie of people, but it was very fucking stressful. Anyway, um, love you lot. Know that you'll all understand. And 
yeah, speak soon. Bye. Mate Kate, Rudy's parents, lovely to have you. And a friend of Jojo, oh, we love them. They're a gorgeous human being. A friend of Jojo is a friend of ours. Now, oh, where to start with this? I mean, of course, I'm feeling the feels of it as somebody who has been navigating more recently more hardcore psychiatric systems. Uh, and I say that with laughter under my breath because it's been scary. It's scary when you get referred to the specialised psychiatry unit. And uh, when conversations stop being with uh, your GP and they start being with people that you know are monitoring your behaviour and people that are called social workers and people that are called psychiatrists, you realise the fragility, I think, of your brain and your mental health. And as somebody who has been navigating those systems, and I can tell you many of those spaces are like, you know, of course they are doing within their means what they can do, right? Because I'm very lucky to be able to access NHS services for that but because they are so greatly underfunded and underappreciated and overwhelmed those spaces are they're just quite frightening when you don't have sanity on your side so sitting in like rooms where all the furniture is like nailed to the floor but there's like a lavender field in Provence on a bit of canvas on the wall you're like these are two very different worlds meeting here And so I can understand, I guess I'm showing empathy here for your parent because they can be really scary spaces. When you don't have sanity on your side, they can feel even more discombobulating. And yeah, I often do think about the roles of carers or those people who care, care as in empathy and care as in labour. I often feel guilt attached to those, particularly because my presentations at their best are quite annoying, I think. Just like needing things to be quiet and to ask information over and over again and to check in with how people are feeling emotionally and constantly feeling like I've done something wrong and being need to reassured out of it. Being on the other end of that as a carer, I can imagine, is a fucking pain in the ass. But to hear the empathy that you are sharing towards your parent, it's really hard for me to not reflect on, I guess, the empathy that is always shown to me by people who care for me. Um, If there was one piece of advice, (laughs) I mean, you didn't come looking for advice, but if there was anything that I would love to say to you, it's please do have these conversations with your dad. Because as difficult as they are, when people, um, oh, getting a bit emotional. When people tell you that they see you and they understand or they acknowledge, it's a real moment where you feel way less crazy because... Sometimes in my experience, you can just feel more crazy because you think, have I made this all up? Am I like putting this on? And when other people see you're crazy, it's so validating, but it's so nourishing as well to be like, it goes beyond, oh, are you okay? And that sideways look that is a really difficult question to answer as a mental person when someone goes, how are you? And you're like, well, how the fuck do you think I am? So when someone just recognises you're crazy, some of the shorthand falls out. So I would definitely encourage you to have these conversations about how you're feeling and thinking with your parent, but also with others. And it is, it's really difficult. You know, my parents have lived with various different presentations, particularly my beautiful mum. And 
I think only going through those systems myself and having my mum say to me, I know, I know, son, it's difficult. You know, like, it's so affirming and it's so helpful and it, it does go beyond... I think the usual sort of performed sympathy that people have for people with mental health presentations. And that's not their fault. It's because we have a culture in which we don't talk about these things. We have shame around not being well. We have shame around neurodiversity. And so, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I've really waffled on and made that all about me. (laughs) But, you know, you fucking came to after the time. What are you fucking expecting? It's not the world at fucking one. That was a Radio 4 reference that nobody else is going to get. Oh, my God. Is this middle age? Hi, uh, Scotty and the gang. It's Holly calling from Montreal. I'm calling to weigh in on uh, what I hope will be a great and vast uh, tea towel debate, uh, specifically to tell you how my boyfriend treats his tea towels, which I find genuinely offensive. Um, So this man has, I don't know, maybe a hundred, I'm not exaggerating, tea towels from Amazon. He buys them in bulk and he uses a tea towel for everything. Uh, Tea towel in place of an oven mitt, tea towel in place of a a dishcloth, tea towel in place of a, I don't know, mopping up thing. And so his tea towels get truly disgusting. And this man throws them in a reusable grocery bag and waits until he goes and does the laundry. Uh, But because he lives in New York City, it's very difficult to do the laundry in New York. Um, I've done it for him a couple of times. It's horrible. You have to heave this very heavy Santa sack of laundry onto your back and walk like three blocks and then down a set of stairs into this like very sad laundry room um, and then pay to do your laundry. So justifiably, he doesn't do it very often. Um, But what this means is that when you go to do laundry, you take this crusty, nasty grocery bag full of balled up tea towels, which at this point have congealed into each other. And you just kind of have to toss that ball in the washer and hope for the best. And honestly, Scotty, most of the time it comes out okay, but the whole process just upsets me. And as a tea towel lover, I thought you might appreciate the story. Okay, bye. Now, Holly, not in North Carolina, hello, in Montreal, how many planes are you getting on? (laughs) Montreal's quite far from New York, that is a long distance relationship, and also, Holly, why was this the moment in which you announced to the room you have a partner, okay? We knew there were dogs, we were never taught of any partner, let alone a Mr. Big in New York City. That wasn't a New York City accent. I was just excited. So, okay. I prefaced it, prefaced it, prefaced it. I prefaced it. I prefaced it. There you go. With my annoyance that we don't know the ins and outs of your life. Oh, if you could have seen my face during this message, how disgusting, how vulgar. And I was wondering what you were saying he was mopping up, honestly, because I thought boys are the worst, okay? So we'll just leave that as that. I'm with you, Holly. Although I'm sort of with the boyfriend as well, because who's got time for oven mitts? Oven mitts, controversial opinion from me, are the slippers of the hands, (laughs) It's not for me. I think they're probably even more gross because they get washed lesser. I could have just said less, but lesser. 
So I understand the need to use whatever is nearby to take out your hot oven goods. I also understand how disgusting it is trying to get anything washed in New York City because, I mean, you do have to really lug things around. And I always wondered to myself, why don't people who live in New York City just buy a fucking washing machine? Why don't they? I don't understand it. I mean, I know there's a full commerce behind people that are running laundrettes. I know it feels lovely. I know it's probably to do with convenience. I also know there are people that can come to your house to collect the laundry as well. So, you know, you're making a rod for your own back there, Holly, by carrying it yourself. But, you know, needs must, I understand. I think... The treatment of the tea towel, though, is disgusting. But then I do wonder, well, where is your boyfriend going to put them? I mean, luckily, I mean, I've seen some terrible television programmes in my time where people aren't washing their tea towels. You know, what's the opposite here, Holly? Do we want your boyfriend to wash the tea towels or not? I mean, I've also got other questions about why is he buying them from Amazon, A, B, there's a very big household shop that sells shelves and bookshelves and they do a great one for a pound. It's 100% cotton. I swear by them. And no, you have to be passing, do you know what I mean? And so I bought by those. I don't like a fluffy tea towel. There you go. I put it out there. These are all my thoughts about tea towels, please. If you've got any thoughts, keep them to yourself. <laughs> Get on the phone. And that is your lot. A really sharp, short, gorgy one, actually, from this week. Really lovely. Some really beautiful threads that I really hope that we're able to pick up. You know, queer separatism, mental health, familial relationships with mental health, being able to talk to dads that are struggling, the joys and the woes of tea towels, laundrettes, drag names, Mexican food, biscuits. I mean, so much. I really do hope that you see this as your invitation to pick up the phone. You know what to do by now. You just open up the WhatsApp and you send a little voice note to the number that is in the description box. We would love for you to join us. And we really do mean that. Um, Our DMs are open on the socials. So if you've got something you can't put your voice to, if there is just a little like review you want to give to us, a little one-liner, feel free. Honestly, I share everything with the team and they absolutely adore it. It really does spur us on. So thanks for that. Uh, Remember, we've got our live show in London next month. There are a few tickets left. The wonderful Sakiza is going to be joining me at the Pleasance. We're going to have a gorgy little time there and uh, we'll be back before you know it. But please, in the meantime, be kind to yourself and get yourself a biscuit and, you know, gravy is always optional in my world. <laughs> See you in a bit. After the Tone is produced by Debbie Kilbride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller-Lewis. ATT is a Debbie production. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.